Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hope you had a very nice weekend, and we hope you're ready for two good martinis today. Two goods and a crazy, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about today. Two Democratic governors uh, in pretty big trouble, so that is always a good way to start off the week. But, Jim, we already knew we had one of the best audiences in podcast world. But uh, at the beginning of Friday's episode, when we were talking about the baffling new printer options about not only printing the whole document or customizing which pages to print. You could also print all the odds and all the evens. And we kind of had some fun with that. And our listeners said, actually, one of the reasons that uh, they do that, in fact, the reason uh, they do that is because some printers can't print uh, both sides of a piece of paper at once. So you can print out all the odds, put them back in the uh, printer, and then print out all the evens, and then you can get double-sided and you can save money on paper. And the nice thing about our audience is they didn't call us dummies, morons, idiots, or uh, anything else. Uh, They were very nice about it. And so we learned something, and we had a pleasant conversation on Twitter. Yeah, and I just want to say to all of our listeners, apparently you're using Twitter wrong. Uh, That's... (laughs) I really wasn't even... I didn't know you could even do that. You could actually know they do it because of that. Also, I just kind of left... Man, how many people are walking around using printers that can still only print on one side? Like, I, I don't think of myself as an early adopter of, of fancy technology and all that kind of stuff, but uh, still have the same Gmail account I had from 2005. But uh, <laughs> apparently, the printers are apparently they still have printers that only do one side. So there you go. We learn something new every day. The more you know, with the little NBC uh, <laughs> rainbow going by there. But uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, embattled governor number one. That would be Andrew Cuomo in New York State. Uh, the poll number is definitely not in his favor. Uh, now we have one of his top aides, his most loyal aides, hitting the door. Uh, Melissa DeRosa is uh, no longer working for Governor Cuomo. New York Times says DeRosa said late Sunday that she had resigned, a move that came as the governor fought for political survival after a report from the New York State Attorney General concluded he had sexually harassed nearly a dozen women. Her resignation meant that Mr. Cuomo, a third-term Democrat, lost one of his most loyal aides and trusted strategist while facing an imminent threat of impeachment in the state legislature. DeRosa had stood by the governor's side for years, even as his inner circle shrank in size, and many of the top staffers who had helped first elect him in 2010 left the administration. She's uh, perhaps most famous for admitting to Democratic lawmakers that they didn't get him the real number on nursing home deaths because, you know, if they had done that, the Justice Department might have actually investigated uh, how the state was handling that. So Freudian slip there. Uh, Jim, what do you make of the fact that uh, even the most uh, loyal lieutenants are telling Andrew Cuomo he's on his own here? Greg, the cliche here is the rats are leaving the ship. But I, I, look, I think this is pretty clear that this might be a uh, I did like the little detail that his only remaining friend is his dog. And I'm just sitting there thinking, come on, dog, it's time <laughs> to run away. Captain, you don't want to be around this guy. You know, uh, this is he's just bad news for absolutely everybody. It is, you know, somewhat reassuring that, you know, that everything that was laid out in the AG report, um, the rather shameless defense, the insistence everybody was lying and only Andrew Cuomo is telling the truth. Then it reached a point where, you know, even his closest and most loyal aides uh, can see the handwriting on the wall. Impeachment is looks like it's, you know, coming. And in fact, there's a majority. The, so far, there's no sign of backsliding. There's no sign of moveon.org coming in and saying, well, look, who hasn't harassed like a good dozen staffers or something like that? There hasn't been the forceful defense from Bill Clinton uh, or Al Franken <laughs> or, or any of these you know, folks to, or Elliot Spitzer 
Eric Schneiderman, any one of these folks will say, hey, we're New York Democrats. We we know what it takes to be a good, strong leader. And Andrew Cuomo is that guy. You know, just everybody's fleeing from him. So I think this is a sign impeachment is coming and they can't stop it. And you want to get off before the, you know, you want to hop off the train before it crashes. Uh, you'll hurt yourself a little bit now, but uh, it'll be much, much worse if you stick around and, and all that stuff. The other kind of detail I'm kind of struck by is that Cuomo has no private residence. He, he almost, you know, it's almost like a scene in Officer and a Gentleman, Greg. He's got no place else to go. <laughs> it's kind of like the Clintons, man. Uh, they had no place else to go until they found a, a place up in New York to, to move to. A little get... place in Chattanooga for a few million. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So Hillary could run for Senate and so forth. So that was that was uh, all nice. So the only thing that's going to potentially save Andrew Cuomo here is a completely unrelated crisis that he supposedly has to respond to. Do you think that would even uh, keep uh, keep the process at bay at this point? Or is he just uh, a dead man walking here politically? You get the feeling if you're a New York Democrat, what, up until very recently, you probably felt fear of Cuomo. If you come at the king, you best not miss, right? If, if there's an attempted impeachment and it ends up one or two votes short and he's in power, then you know that a vindictive Cuomo would do nothing but, uh, uh, you know, make trouble for his enemies. Remember, one of the things in the AG report is that county officials were being told, asked about their loyalty to the governor by the guy whose job was to distribute COVID vaccines, right? And the not so subtle implication was, if you don't stick by the governor, your county might be the last one to get them, regardless of level of need. And so like, you know, of course people were afraid of this guy. He's a, you know, he's, he's a maniac full of, you know, with power that he never should have been given in the first place. So I think what's interesting about this is the indication that people don't fear him anymore. And I think once that, it's like a snowball going down a hill. It's just gonna pick up momentum. So if Andrew Cuomo has to leave the governor's office and he's at least temporarily homeless and Chris Cuomo doesn't get fired from CNN, is Andrew still Michael and Chris is still Fredo or how does that work? <laughs> he might just crash on the couch in the green room in <laughs> CNN. Oh, man. Amazing. Amazing. But uh, I'm just picturing the day, you know, where um, Jeff Tubin comes in and says, oh, my God, I can't believe it's that guy. Jeffrey Tubin, did you see that? Jeffrey Tubin was actually actually analyzing the Attorney General's report live on CNN. Just... Look, if we know, well, to the expert on creepy behavior, let's turn to CNN's legal analyst, Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if you uh, have many more legs politically, Andrew Cuomo, but uh, you could still stay healthy. Uh, ritual multivitamins uh, could be a, a big help in, in that direction. And, you know, you deserve to know what you're putting in your body and, and why, and especially when it comes to something we take every day like a multivitamin. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients and bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. You're not going to find things like sugars and GMOs and synthetic fillers and artificial colors. No, uh, none of that stuff. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design makes taking your vitamins easy. And I like Ritual Vitamins. Uh, they do have that minty taste, and it's great to know that uh, you're giving your immune system its best shot at uh, fending off whatever's coming at it. Uh, it's got the vitamin C, the vitamin D, it's got the zinc, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Big fan of Ritual. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. Now, a multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use in order to help fill gaps in your diet. And you don't need any shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 in just two daily pills. And Ritual's made traceable. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from, thanks to Ritual's one of a kind visible supply chain. 
So get your key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering three martini lunch listeners 10% off during your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash martini to start your ritual today. Ritual.com slash martini. All right, Jim, another big blue state governor that's embattled right now is Gavin Newsom. He's facing a recall election on September 14th. Two questions on the ballot. Should he be recalled? Yes, means he goes. No means he stays. And, of course, the other uh, question on the ballot, which is only relevant if he is recalled, is who would replace him. And so last week we talked about the Survey USA poll showing 51% of California voters wanting him gone, only 40% wanting him stay. Seems to be a bit of an outlier from earlier polls, but uh, even the other polls show this really, really tight. And the latest example of that is an Emerson College survey showing 46% want him gone, 48% want him to stay. So this uh, whole motivation factor, uh, enthusiasm factor, if the Republicans are much, much higher than the Democrats, uh, that margin of error uh, is pretty non-existent. And a recent public opinion strategies poll also found that 57% of voters give Newsom a D or an F on homelessness, and 49% give him the same low grades on controlling the state's cost of living. So even if he squeaks by here, Jim, uh, they don't love him there. And Jazz Shaw over at Hot Air is already suggesting that these numbers uh, continue to be very, very dicey. The Democratic Party in California might, might uh, urge him to resign so the Democratic lieutenant governor could take over and therefore there would be no recall and Democrats could make sure they hang on to the seat. Whereas if it goes to the recall and he is booted and it could be a conservative like Larry Elder all of a sudden being governor of California. So I don't know that the Democrats are too far down that road in their in their backroom discussions. But uh, what do you make of what we're seeing in California? Craig, do you realize what this is? This is almost... The Torricelli Maneuver <laughs> by Robert Ludlow. No, um, the, the, the idea of substitute out. It's not quite substituting on a candidate. This would actually do away with the recall. You know, oh, sorry, you know, we've, governor, the governor's not there anymore. There's no need to recall him. We got a deputy governor and that'll, you know, uh, if you want to start the process on recalling her, you got to start, you know, go, go back to go, collect $200, start from square one again. Um, I think that if you watch this polling very closely, even if, you know, by the way, you've, learn from 2020 and you're just not putting that much stock into polls anymore that you know last week i'd written in the corner like besides the usual problems for gavin newsom uh the the delta variant is coming along the worst possible time if if america if if the state of california had just continued on a nice glide path to normal recovery and normal conditions then i think the the steam the momentum behind the recall probably would have sputtered out that in, in the end it was living under the strictest lockdown rules in the country that really was making people fed up with the state government. And then you throw on top of it stuff like the French Laundry and the idea that Gavin Newsom didn't feel he had to live up to his own rules and stuff. Then the other thing is that this is in September and it's not yet. It's some people pointing out, well, you know, the mail out balance to everybody. OK, yeah, but like it's California. Half the state is stoned. No, um, people may or may not be all that engaged on politics. And I, I just kind of wonder, it's not just, you know, yeah, there are a lot of Democrats in the state. How many Democrats right now want to take an affirmative step to keep Gavin Newsom in office? It's not just keeping somebody else. The other thing is I don't feel like, and again, Wall Street Journal had a big profile of Larry Elder. I don't know if Democrats have done, laid the groundwork to demonize Larry Elder the way they used to. And let's face it, Larry Elder is probably not as easy to demonize as the average, you know, generic Republican out there. So I think if you're a Democrat, you might be sweating this. And I just want to, before we go any further, Greg, let's just kind of observe. 
if you said to people which governors were the most celebrated, I think number one would have been Andrew Cuomo. And I think the fight for number two would have been either Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. So two of those three could be out of office in a couple of months, which I think is a pretty interesting indicator of how badly the mainstream media uh, botched it in who they thought were the role models and who they thought were the great leaders during this pretty unprecedented crisis. So um, add it all up, I see a, a you know, uh, really dire illustrates. You know, if, if, in other words, if Gavin Newsom survives this, if, uh, this recall, it's not going to be by a lot. It's going to be by a few percentage points, and that's just not much of a margin for error. If you're the California Democratic Party, how much personal loyalty do you have to Gavin Newsom versus just saying we want somebody in there who has a D after their name? There's nothing wrong with Eleni Kunalakis or anything like that. Just just get keep a D in there, as I'm sure. So I think he's going to have this push against him. I don't know if it'll succeed. I imagine you know Gavin Newsom is probably only you know. Picture me putting my fingers very close together. He's that much closer to, to voluntarily resigning than Andrew Cuomo is, which is to say not very much. So I don't think either one of these guys will voluntarily resign, but for their parties, it would make a heck of a lot of sense. And I'll be interested to see how much pressure can be brought to bear on them. Yeah, I have no doubt that uh, if uh, Newsom's in real trouble, I still think they'll pull the Cruz Bustamante move and try to throw a, a Democrat who could actually win the other race on the ballot. But um it's nice to know that there's at least a Greek deputy governor in California, Eleni <laughs> Kunalakis. I mean, that's probably the most high-profile uh, Greek politician since, I don't know, Nicole Maliotakis. And then uh, before that, maybe you got to go back all the way to uh, Michael Dukakis. So, I mean, it's uh, it's quite a— and Then California will learn a fish rots from the head. <laughs> By the way, do, do fish rot from the head? I think they kind of they rot all over the place. And I really think it's, you know, it starts just in one spot. I mean, Give me, give me a fish expert out here. Yeah, can't, can't really help you out with that one. But uh, anyway, if it gives me a chance to say more Greek names, I'll be happy. But um, I, I won't expect much in, the, in, in terms of policy improvement if that happens. Uh, anyway, Jim, let's talk about another excellent sponsor of ours. And that, of course, are the folks at MyPillow. Uh, nothing beats the feel of a luxurious towel when you step out of the shower. Uh, so you just want to wrap yourself in nothing but the best with the MyPillow towel set. You know about the pillows. You know about the sheets. We've even talked talked about the slippers, but uh, the MyPillow towel set, um, it's just great quality stuff. They're big, they're soft, they're fluffy, they get you dry super fast, and they're still on sale. You can get the six-piece towel set, which is regularly $109.99 for just $39.99. Now, these six-piece towel sets include two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. They're made from proprietary technology that makes them highly absorbent. They're soft to the touch without that lotion-y feel, and they're made with cotton grown right here in the United States of America. They're available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. So visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or call 800-874-0104. The MyPillow six-piece towel set for only $39.99. Now, while you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets and the MyPillow premium pillows. So go to MyPillow.com, promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. All right, Jim, the Obama birthday bash still happened out on Martha's Vineyard. In recent days, President Obama, now 60 years old, uh, if you remember when he was running for president at the age of, what was he, 47 when he got elected, uh, you're probably starting to feel a little bit old, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he had his bash. It was supposedly scaled back, but uh, the more we hear about it, the less it seems like it was scaled back much. It was still 
pretty big party, but um, not too much blowback in the media. Conservatives on social media giving them a hard time, but uh, that certainly doesn't get you much traction on the major cable networks or the major newspapers. Still, the topic did come up on CNN in the show now hosted by Jim Acosta. So you know it'll have a very balanced uh, approach of, you know, if Trump threw a massive birthday bash at Mar-a-Lago, would he be getting the same kind of pass that Obama's getting for what he's doing out on Martha's Vineyard? And so he had Annie Carney, White House correspondent from The New York Times, on to talk about it. And uh, while she did talk about uh, the concerns about having that many people in one place, especially unmasked, as some of the photos showed, uh, and against CDC recommendations, she had this as the counter argument for why it probably wasn't a big deal. Uh, other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And, and this is just about optics. It's not about safety. So, Jim, just a few days ago, the CDC was telling vaccinated people that they had to wear masks and, uh, you know, be very, very cautious around other vaccinated people, even indoors. But apparently, if you're sophisticated in the eyes of the left media, Jim, that improves your immune response. Now, Greg, the first section of today's Morning Chilton newsletter looks at the Lollapalooza music festival that was held out in Chicago towards the end of the July, and I believe the last day was August 1st. Now, we, it wasn't it was sort of national news. It wasn't a huge deal. It certainly didn't get quite as much attention as Obama's big birthday bash. Uh, but there were like, you know, uh, in the neighborhood of 100,000 people going to be there each day for each day of this four-day music festival. Uh, the preliminary count was that, you know, yeah, some people go on multiple days, but they think, you know, 385,000 people went over the four day span of this. Uh, masks were not required the first two days, they were required the second two, but everybody was required to bring either proof of vaccination or a, pr a proof of a recent test that came in negative, I think it had to be within the last three days. Now I looked at that, I was like, oh, that, that seems pretty good. That seems like, a, I mean, is there a chance that somebody was a negative test is gonna catch COVID before then and then enter and spread it to other people? Yeah, good, you know. The numbers were 90% of the people had proof of vaccination. Could they be faking it? Sure. Uh, but I also I saw something very curious earlier today. People were paying up to four hundred dollars for you know fake proof of vaccination. Greg, these people know they can get vaccinated for free, right? <laughs> I mean, if you if you really if you can either shell out the four hundred or you get it. Now I assume you could some of these people have fake uh, ones. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's certainly possible. In fact, there's almost certain someone in those three hundred eighty-five thousand people did. But by and large, most people probably got themselves vaccinated. So it's early. Or, or actually, it's early, but it's not that early. We have, we have data on Chicago that are like four days after the last day of the uh, uh, of the concert series. Keep in mind that's like eight days after the first day or seven days after the first day. There's been a tiny increase in cases. There's been some. I'm not going to say there's been none, but it's not particularly large. And by the standards of the city of Chicago and by the standards of the state of Illinois, it's not particularly big at all. The hospitalizations are not up, for, up by any measurable amount, and the uh, deaths are not up by a measurable amount. Now, what's very curious about this is like, well, if this was be this giant super spreader, you figure you'd be seeing all kinds of stuff. Like 385,000 people, people come together 100,000 times. Oh my God, this is a nightmare. Chicago Sun-Times said it was guaranteed to be a super spreader. But here we are, a little more than a week later, does not appear to be the case, or at least the evidence of it is pretty thin. Um, I, that's kind of my attitude towards the Obama party. I think it is pretty safe for people who are, you know, to bring together groups of people who are either fully vaccinated or recently tested negative. I prefer if everybody was fully vaccinated. And yes, is it possible you're fully vaccinated, you catch the Delta variant, 
You walk around, could you give it to other people? Yeah, you could. But if everybody else is around you vaccinated, they're probably gonna be okay too. You know, the vaccinated people pretty much don't have really bad reactions to this. They don't end up in the hospital. They don't end up in the ICU. They don't end up in a ventilator and they don't die. That's what we wanted to prevent here. We were not worried about everybody getting a case of the sniffles. If COVID-19 had never generated anything worse than the case of the sniffles, we would not have shut down society in March, 2020. So there seems to be this utter loss of perspective here. And I can understand why lots of conservatives look at this and say, you guys are freaking out about Sturgis, but you didn't say anything about uh, the Obama party. You know, yes, but at least the, the, uh, the Obama party, everybody's allegedly vaccinated. Although I did love the description of the Obama party as mostly vaccinated. I'd really love to see specific numbers on this. And by the way, we'll see if there's any outbreak at the Obama party. My guess is it'll probably be like, uh, if there is, if there is, it'll probably be something like the, the same effect at Lollapalooza. Yeah, some vaccinated people or some recently tested negative people, somebody probably slipped through with COVID. They might give it to a few others. You might have cases go up. But there's really no reason to think that people are going to get hospitalized over this. There's really not much reason to think people are going to end up dying because of this. And if you really want to worry about something, worry about people who are unvaccinated. Don't run around getting upset at vaccinated people getting together for concerts, parties, or anything else like that, because they've done what they're supposed to do, and what they're doing is, is all things considered, pretty safe. Yeah, you're not going to hear me say this a lot, so I'm going to say it here. I think Obama did the right thing. Uh, I mean, this is uh, what you're supposed to do. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a double standard here. One of these things is right. Either everybody's supposed to mask up whether they're vaccinated or not, or you can go live your life if you've done that uh, that part. Or actually, we're at the point now where even if you haven't, just go out there. The, the vaccinated should be fine and the unvaccinated have made their decision. I mean, it's just just let's get on with life. Yeah. And let me just kind of observe that, like, if you're going to uh, I, 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 Obama did the right thing, but he did it after saying it was going to be scaled back. And apparently it meant that, you know, um, uh, various former staffers got bumped and were not invited anymore. But uh, they like David Axelrod. All he did was get him elected, you know, kind of. Thing. Uh, but, yeah, but, but Jay-Z and Beyonce, they still got invited. So um, I'm sure there are some Obama friends who are feeling pretty snub. But I think he basically should have said, you know what? No, everybody at the party is going to be vaccinated or recently tested. Um, and I think it's safe. And I'm going to go ahead with this. So we really would have preferred that. Instead, they said they're scaling it back. And it sounds like, you know, 10 people got struck from the list or something. Maybe not that many, but, you know, a small amount. Just crazy, crazy. You know, it was as a way to say, eh, I'm not really friends with those people. Yeah, that's that's going to be awkward. But, you know, he's pretty much spent his entire post-presidency just hobnobbing with celebrities. He's got his Netflix deal. He's doing his NBA Africa thing now. And uh, I don't see him uh, buckling down except for the occasional Twitter video <laughs> once in a while hmm. on political issues. He's uh, he's living the high life. And uh, I don't think he has any intentions of changing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it's, do you think, you know, every time somebody goes off on some rave review of, you know, Joe Biden could be the next Franklin Roosevelt. And, you know, Joe Biden is a turning point for America. Do you think Obama ever looks at Biden and just says, do you know where he'd be if not for me? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would be paying any attention to Joe Biden if he hadn't been selected as Barack Obama's running mate. It's kind of, you know, I, I, every once in a while, I'm sure Obama looks at this and I cannot believe everybody's so in love with this guy. Considering all the speeches he's probably sat through behind closed doors about corn pop. 
Well, I'm, I'm just uh, always drawn to the quote, which I've never heard Obama refute from the uh, early days of the 2020 campaign, and that's never underestimate Joe's ability to bleep things up. So uh, I think uh, Joe Biden being in the White House is a surprise to Barack Obama as much as it is to anybody else. So uh, we will see. But uh, Jim, anyway, good start to the week. See you tomorrow. tomorrow. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We encourage you to tell your friends about us as well. Uh, Thank you so much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Monday, and please join us on Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hey, guys, it's Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right. We're excited to tell you about our podcast, the Mock and Daisy Common Sense Cast. From discussing topics like cancel culture, what's happening to our new generations, crises in our nation, and even some high-profile interviews, each week we touch on subjects that matter to us and matter to you. And we're not afraid to tell you how it is. So tune in every week to hear us talk about the things or even just get a good laugh. To find out more, go to our website, chicksontheright.com, or start listening on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave a comment or review and subscribe.